0: Testing one, two, testing one, two. Hey guys, my name is Joshua Milligan, and you are listening to the Filming with Josh podcast. This is episode number 57, Creating Boundaries. This is the Filming with Josh podcast, brought to you by Rustic River Media. Welcome to the videographer's home for tips, tricks, and how to make flicks. Welcome back to the Filming with Josh podcast. If you are new to Filming with Josh, Filming with Josh is a podcast. It is a blog. It is a vlog. It is a Facebook group. It is essentially just an outlet to chat about video. So if you are new to Filming with Josh, I want to encourage you to start by going to Facebook and typing in Filming with Josh and ask to join the group today. And I'll be sure to accept that request as soon as I see it. Um, Hop onto Filming with Josh, look at some of the past podcasts I've posted there, some of the past articles or uh, just posts I've created, um, or anything that other people have created as well. It's just a great place to come and learn about video. Today's podcast is all about creating boundaries. Um, You have to have boundaries when you are in any type of business, but especially in a service-related business like video. And that's what we're gonna talk about today, why we have to have boundaries, what kind of boundaries you should have, and why they're uh, so important. When when I was starting Rustic River Media, I worked constantly, uh, and I had to, really. You, You know, when you are starting a business, no one's gonna do it for you. You know, you have to. Well, I, I guess that's not technically true. <laughs> you could come from a family that could, I guess, hand you the keys to something. But for most of us that start a business, no one's gonna do it for you, and so you you have to grind and you have to figure it out. You have to screw up and scrape your knees and get yourself back up and figure out why did I fall and how can I prevent myself from falling next time and and how can I find clients, and how can I figure out how to write contracts? I mean, there's so much to learn, and you have to market yourself and go out and do uh, spec projects so people can see what you're capable of doing, so they'll take a shot on you. I mean, there's so much that goes into creating a video business, and the first five years is just a grind. And after that, I I don't want to necessarily say that things get easier, but in some ways they do because you you kind of get to a point where people know who you are and they're like, oh yeah, if you need a video, call such and such. Uh, because your your name has been around for five years by that point, right? So things kind of get a little easier in that way. Tougher in others, easier in that way. But the first five years are really tough. And when I was starting my business, I was working almost nonstop. And I don't regret that because I know that I wouldn't be where I am now had I not have done all that work to start with. However, I did learn along the way that there has to be boundaries, boundaries in my work and boundaries with my clients. My wife helped me figure this out earlier uh, on in our relationship because when we started dating, I was gone a lot. I was traveling all over, doing projects in different countries, different continents, different states. I was gone all the time, and then when I come home, I'd want to work more, right? Because I get back and I'd want to write proposals and find new clients and go to new, uh, <laughs> new networking groups and or, or 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 events and things to to meet people and network. And I was just constantly doing stuff. Well, I was writing articles uh, back before filming with Josh was even a thing, and doing reviews and going online and researching and learning and on and on and on and on and on. And what it did was, in my relationship with my wife early on, we we had a great relationship, but I didn't have a lot of boundaries. I didn't know how to put work down and how to pay attention to her as, as I do today. And I, I still slip up sometimes, but I'm certainly a lot better now than I was back then. And again, when you're creating a business, you do have to make sacrifices, and that does mean spending more time. Like you can't work in a, t- a nine to five if you're starting a business. Not really, you know. Most of us have to have to work like twice that, twice those hours, maybe even more so to get it going. Um, but you do have to make sure that you take time for things that are important, like your wife. Or if you're younger or, or not married, you know, your girlfriend or your kids, uh, or even things that you're passionate about. I love to hunt and to fish and things like that. I didn't hunt for like four years, five years, something like that. Not very much, maybe once or twice a season. And that was crazy because that was such a big part of my life before video was. Now I hunt a ton and I feel so much happier because I do. Um, But I had to learn to create those boundaries. And today that's what I want to talk about is creating boundaries. Um, But it's not just about creating boundaries with your time. It's also about creating boundaries with your clients. And that's a big part of what I want to talk about today. We'll start with the clients. In business, when you are in a service industry, a lot of times you feel like you should always be on call right especially if you are the one running the business if you're the owner of the business like like a small business like a video production company you feel like you should be on call all the time because you're hungry for work you're trying to build something you're trying to grow and in some ways that's true however you have to learn how to create a boundary so your clients aren't calling you at 10 30 at night when you're sitting down watching a movie with your family and you're like hey i gotta take this call and then you jump outside and now you're talking to a client at 10:30 at night right that's not a healthy relationship with your family but it's also not a healthy relationship with your client because now they're getting this idea in their head that they can just call you anytime you have to learn to create some boundaries there and i listen to other podcasts where people talk about oh you know i, I like if, if someone calls me like i'm gonna get back to them immediately or you know within 24 hours, that type of thing. And in some ways that's true, but like if you, like if I have a client that calls me on like a Friday afternoon at like six, seven o'clock or six thirty. I guess it's kind of evening time, but if they call me after normal work hours on a Friday, a lot of times I don't call them back until Monday because I'm creating a boundary there. I'm, I'm helping my clients to understand that they need to call me during normal business hours. And it creates a healthy relationship because I'm not out on vacation somewhere. And on a Saturday, my phone's ringing and I'm stepping away from my wife to take a phone call with a client, right? My clients learn by working with me, that my normal hours are 8 to 5, Monday through Friday, Central Standard Time. That's my hours, right? Now, does that mean I I always do that? No, it does not. You know, I am in a service industry, where anybody that does this is in a service industry, industry, so you do make exceptions. For example... One of my favorite clients in Alaska is on a three-hour time difference. Sometimes I'll make exceptions. I may talk to them at nine o'clock at night, but it might be because it's the only chance that they have to talk at six p.m. their time, you know. And and I'll I'll make exceptions for certain things like that, uh, or or maybe I have a, a client who is going to be you know gone for something, but I know that they they need to chat with me and they schedule a, a Saturday phone call. Uh, you know, if it's something like that, that's um something that's kind of based on just their circumstance, then I'll I'll work around that, right? But if a client's just picking up the phone and calling me on a Saturday afternoon saying, hey, I want to do these changes to this make these changes to this video you did for me, I'm not answering that call. You know, I, I need to create a boundary there because they need to understand that I work typical work days, just like most people. And that that's a really healthy thing, honestly, because it keeps me from getting frustrated with them. And it kind of creates an expectation as well for them on what to expect with me. That way they're, you know, they're learning what my hours are, and they'll call me on a Monday morning or something like that, and I'll answer, and everyone will be happy. They know that's when I'm going to answer, and that's when I answer, and I'm not taking a call on the weekend or anything like that. That's a boundary I've created. Other boundaries are, uh, another example, I, I don't, sometimes, and again, this is all situational, sometimes I'll, you know, I'll have a client that will reach out to me and need something last minute, and if it's, a you know, someone that I do a ton of business with, sure, I may help them out, bail them out of a certain certain situation. But most of the time, if someone calls me and is like, hey, I need this, can you come shoot it, you know, next week or or tomorrow or something like that, I can come do that for them. But they also need to understand, you know, if if I if my schedule allows it, but they also need to understand that that doesn't mean I'm going to turn it around right away, right? I, I, like, if you're asking me to do something last minute, I'll do my best to get you in, but you are still one of many clients, right? They have to understand that I can't just drop everything I'm doing just for them. I'll give you a great example of this. I recently was on a project uh, or did a project for uh, an organization and we finished the video and I knew knew when we were creating it that they didn't have um, their logo finished yet because it was a new organization. And so I knew it was going to be a little while before they got the logo, and I told them that I could, um, I could get started on the video and get you know pretty much most of it done, but I wouldn't be able to finish it without the logo. And they said, "Yeah, no problem. We'll get it to you uh, as soon as we can." And I checked in with them several times, and they still hadn't had it. Still haven't had it finalized. And then finally, like four months goes by and they give me a call and they're like, hey, we got the logo done. I just emailed it to you. Uh, We would like the video um, by tomorrow at lunch. (laughs) <laughs> and I was like, you're kidding, right? And they're like, no, we need it tomorrow by lunch. We need you to make this a priority, and I was like, no, you had four months to get a logo created. It doesn't take four months to create a logo. I don't know what was taking you so long, but that's not my problem. You know, you you had four months. You can't call me four months later and finally have it done and expect me to drop everything I'm doing to give you your, your final product right away. I'm not going to do that. I had to create a boundary there. They needed to understand that there's a process and that process is you send me what you need. I will give you an estimated time on when I can turn it around and you're going to have to accept that. And so that's what happened. I responded and was like, God, you know, I, I can't do that for you. I'm in the middle of a bunch of other projects right now. I can give I can turn the project around, um, hopefully in two and a half weeks. And they were a little frustrated, but they had to learn that boundary. They had to learn that, hey, we can't wait four months and expect Josh to drop everything he's doing to do this for us. I had to create that boundary. And that was a hard conversation to have with them because they didn't understand why I couldn't just give it to them right away. But I was gone on a shoot elsewhere. And I had my editor tied up with a bunch of other projects, and he was the one with all the footage. And I couldn't just tell him to stop what we're doing for my other projects that we're already working on just to turn this around for somebody that took four months to you know took their sweet time to get it to us so I had to have that hard conversation but moving forward they now know that there's that boundary there right they they now know that if they want something done quickly then they need to get it to me quickly I created that boundary it's really important that you do that it's the only way to have a healthy relationship because otherwise if you get frustrated but you do it anyway and you're caught like let's just say I would have called my editor and been like hey Drop everything you're doing. They finally got back with us with the logo. We need to get this done by twelve tomorrow. It's really important, you know. Then my editor would be stressed because he would be in the middle of some other projects, and he would have to stop what he's doing, go get the drives that have all of that uh, footage on it, pull up that project, go in, create whatever logo reveal is going to do, get all that done, export it, send it to them by. By noon the next day, he's stressed, I'm stressed, everybody's stressed, and we would be frustrated. And then if the client came back and like wanted a change or something, we would both be even more frustrated because we're trying to get something done as fast as possible. And it's just not healthy. You know, you have to be honest with your client and and create realistic expectations and set those boundaries there so that everyone everyone is on the same page and that there's no there's no sort of um, issues on your end because if you get, if you, once you start getting frustrated with your client, it's easy to get the, the ball rolling there. It's like a snowball effect. You get frustrated about one thing and then the next thing just feels like it's compiled on top of it. And then the next thing and the next thing, next thing you know, you don't have a healthy relationship with your client because you're frustrated at them. But really a lot of that could have been avoided if you just would have created boundaries to begin with. So it's really important to create boundaries. I have another client I work with uh, and time to time they'll send me uh, a project and they'll be like, hey, we need this, like here's what we have. We need this by, you know, X date. And I'll say to them, okay, if you want it by X date, I need you to make sure I have all the materials by this date. And if you don't have it by that date, then I can't give it to you by your buyer by your target deadline and what will happen is sometimes they won't give it to me give me all the materials until like a day or two before their deadline and I'm not all, I have to tell them I can't do that that fast guys. I'm sorry it just can't happen and I create that boundary there and I make their deadline get extended because it's the only way that they'll learn that they can't give me stuff at the last minute. If I do that for them once or twice then there's no boundary created and now the expectation will always be that they can give me something at the last minute and I'll give it to them the next day. Got to create boundaries, whether it's phone calls on weekends or after work hours, or whether it's turning something around immediately. Boundaries are extremely important with your customers. I'll give you some more boundary examples. You need to have boundaries in your work hours. When I get, when I bid out on a project, most of the time I'm saying in my contract, here's what you're, you know, what you're buying. This is in my proposal and contract. What you're buying is, let's just say it's a, Let's just say it's like a a branding video, and I think it's going to take two days to shoot, right? So in the proposal, it'll say you are buying a one and a half to two minute branding video for your website. You've got uh, a two day shoot and uh, a one and a half to two minute edit, right? Um, and that's you know pretty much what I put in the contract. And of course, there's a lot more to it than that, but that's what they're getting. Well, used to, I did not define what a day was. I didn't create a boundary on how long a day was. And so here's an example of what happens when you don't create a boundary on your time. I had a client who hired me to do a music video like three years ago. And he hired my me. He hired uh, my wife as uh, an assistant director. He hired, uh, we hired a, a PA or a production assistant. We hired... A, uh, a a set designer and we also hired two actors all for this music video and what ended up happening was when we were meeting with the the client and we were talking back and forth about the project the, the client said I only want to hire you guys for one day because we had talked to everybody put we put together our rates and what everything was going to cost and he said I only want to hire you guys for one day I, I would rather not make this a two day shoot because I only want to pay for one day Well, you could probably guess where I'm going to go with this, but that one day ended up being a 22 hour day. 22 hours. We started at uh, 6 a.m. and we finished at uh, 4 a.m. the next day. And to my client, he was like, hey, we finished it within one day. I mean, it was under 24 hours. I mean, we shot 22 hours, guys. Like, we were building sets and rearranging furniture and drilling holes in walls to put pulleys for to hang gimbals off of for crazy shots and we were positioning lights and we were doing all kinds of different set changes and all kinds of different things and wardrobe changes etc it took us 22 hours to shoot this thing and because in because in my contract I never put a boundary on how long a day was technically my client could argue hey we did it all within a day and that's what he argued. And so I only made, you know, one day's worth of pay off that me and the actors, all of us did, because none of us had thought going in that it would have been a 22 hour day. Now, and ever since then, my attorney helped me put together a thing in my contract that defines what a day is. And I, t- I typically base my days on 10 hour days. I know a lot of people like to do like eight-hour days in typical workspaces, but in video, I like to do 10-hour days because usually you want to get started early in the morning or maybe late in the evening, depending on if you're trying to work with some golden hour light, etc. So I, I like to base things off 10-hour of days. Um, so in my contracts now, there's that boundary. It says, hey, you're paying for a you know two days in a one-and-a-half to two-minute video, for example, and those days are defined as 10-hour days. So if I was to work with the mus- that musician again, if we were to hit have a 22-hour day, he'd be paying me for two 10-hour workdays plus two extra hours because once you go past a workday, you then start paying me hourly. So 22-hour that 22-hour film day we had would have been two days plus two hours worth of work. And that would be way more money than he probably would want to spend. So now I've created a boundary. So he has to have a decision. He can either man up and pay that or... He can make the shoot not as complicated, and we'll get things done in ten hours, which is a typical workday. If that's all he wants to pay for, it creates a boundary, right? But if you don't have that boundary in place, you will you will make you will create problems. I'm sorry, I just got really distracted. I just had a client I haven't spoke to in like six years from Pakistan. Just reach out to me. <laughs> Sorry, that just kind of threw me off. <laughs> anyway, wow, that's crazy. I haven't talked to him. I literally haven't talked to him since I went to Pakistan. That's crazy. Anyway, all right. Where were we? Boundaries. Yeah. So if you don't define, <laughs> if you don't define what a day is, then your your clients will take advantage of you. So you have to have those boundaries there. Um, some other boundaries might include um, editing. Right. So most people it's common practice to put in your video contract that you get two rounds of editing right or two two rounds of revisions i mean so if you're editing of let's just say this the, like the branding video example a one and a half to two minute brand video The client would typically, with most companies, they would get two rounds of revisions. Well, if you don't define that boundary like, hey, you only get two rounds of revisions, you don't want to use the word only, but you you want to say something like you get two rounds of revisions, and now they know that they only have two rounds. And that way, they're not saying, hey, change this one thing. All right, cool. Now change this other thing. All right, great. Now let's just change this other thing. And you're constantly tying your computer up making changes and exporting and uploading and sending off videos only to have to do it all over again, right? That would just drive you freaking nuts. So what you have to do is create a boundary so that they understand, hey, we only get two rounds of revisions here. We need to collect all of our thoughts. I need to collect all my thoughts, put them all down on paper and give all of my thoughts collectively so we can get it done and one round of revision and have the second round be there as a safety in case I, I, I want to make one final adjustment. And then they know, I, I. it's not that they can never do beyond two rounds of revisions. It's just they know once it goes past two rounds, then they have to start paying an hourly rate. If you don't have that in your contract and you don't make that known up front, your clients could take advantage of you. Another example of a boundary that's similar to that is when a project is done, a project is done. Several years ago, I had a, a client who's a father-son um, that I did a lot of work for they worked together, and his son approved a video. Said, "Send in the invoice. We're done." I did the. I, I sent in the invoice. We closed out the contract. But then two days later, he called me up and was like, "Hey, never mind. We're not done. Um, we want to use our second round of revisions." Turns out, um, my dad uh, wants to make some changes, and I'm like, "Why didn't he say that the first time?" And he goes, "Oh, I never showed my dad." And I'm like, "Well, the project's done." Like. I'm not even home right now. I won't be home for a couple weeks cuz I was out of state for a shoot. I was like I won't be home for a couple weeks and when I get home, that's going to require me to go in my archives, pull up your pull up this project that we already closed out and go back in and make this other adjustment. Like you're you're crossing a boundary there. And and the thing is, is that that was not even an extreme example. An extreme example could be a year down the road, they could call you up and say, Hey, I know we're done with the project, but I I still have one round of my revisions left. (laughs) Right? So I had to create a boundary and you should too, a boundary that's, that says, you know, in your contract, for example, when we close out a project, it's done. If you want to make any revisions after you've given me final approval, then that's extra, right? You have to create a boundary or else they could call you six months down the road and decide to make their change. You have to have boundaries. And so these are all just examples of boundaries that you should have with your customers, but you have to have them because if you don't, your customers will take advantage of you. Even if they're not like trying to intentionally take advantage of you, the musician was, he was trying to take advantage. But in a lot of times, in a lot of ways, they may not be trying to take advantage of you. you Maybe totally innocent, like three months down the road. Hey, can I use my second round of revisions? That's an innocent thing. It's not like they're trying to take advantage of you, but They still are, even if they're not trying to, because now you're having to go back in and do additional work after something's been finalized. Or maybe if it's a film day that you don't set boundaries on, they might think, oh, I got you for the full day, you know, (laughs) and keep you for 20 hours. And so you have to have those boundaries there to prevent that from happening. Some other boundaries I think you should think about, Are things like I think that you should definitely have a have a boundary on what you're delivering to the client. This is a very common thing I see today. Ugh, I see this all over the place. And I hear about it in other video-related podcasts where people say, Oh yeah, you know, if a client asks us to take pics while we're on set, we're always taking pics for them and editing pics and sending them pics. Well, you are not creating a boundary there and here's what happens when you just when you're on a on a shoot and your client's like hey can you take some pics of this product or can you take some pics of this and and edit these pics for me if you're like yeah no big deal i'll do that well that starts to open a door and Next time you do a project for them, they're going to want even more pics and then even more pics and even more pics. And the next thing you know, you're doing a half half of your day's video shoot and half your day's a photo shoot. But you're not getting paid for that because they're under the impression that you're just going to tack on some photos while you're there. It can't be done that way. You have to have a boundary. They need to understand what they're buying. If they are buying a video from you, then if they want pictures on top of that, that needs to be a separate charge. It needs to come at a separate cost because if you don't put a boundary, they will overstep it thinking it won't be a big deal and you won't mind knocking out 100 pics for them. And they'll end up canceling the photographer that they were planning on hiring because they just have you to do it. You know what I mean? I've literally had this happen. I I just, last week, just last week, I had a customer say, hey, um, we have this shoot coming up we would love to, to hire you for. And uh, it's to shoot some uh, images for uh, an Amazon product, an Amazon-related product. And they wanted me to come out and shoot stock video of this product and send it off to their uh, in-house editing team. And I was totally fine with it. You know, we, we came up with a, a, a proposal and all that. And while we were on the phone, before I had gotten the proposal signed, he asked me, he's like, hey, by the way, um, while you're there, I would love it if you take some pics for me. That way I wouldn't have to hire a photographer anymore. I'll just take some pics while you're on the job and, and we'll just use your pictures. And I had to tell him like, hey, like if I do photos for you guys, you're going to have to pay me like you would the photographer because now I'm giving you a service that you know that, that you, I mean, that can't be for free, right? Like you can't have me do the photographer's job for free. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's not how it works. It's two separate jobs. You were gonna hire me and you were gonna hire a photographer. And if you're gonna do that, then do it. Otherwise, if you're going to have me do the, f- the photos while I'm there, you're going to have to pay me. Now, maybe I might save you a little money because you're not having to bring in two separate groups of people and pay two sets of mileage, and maybe I'll cut you a small break because I'm I'm already there, but you're going to pay something, right? So typically what I do, if a customer wants to tack photos onto a video job, is I will, I will typically uh, come up with an added fee that will be... Basically covering my time editing the photos. If I'm already there and I'm shooting video, I try not to... To rip them off and 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 add a second day rate or something like that oh you're paying me one day rate for video one day rate for photos but i still have to be paid because i am doing extra work and i have to create a boundary so they don't take advantage of me so what do i do i i tack on a fee and if if i think it's going to take me half a day to edit the pics then i say to the customer okay we can do photography while we're there but it's going to cost you uh, a half day of my time for the editing And, and I've created a boundary. And guess what guys, like most of the time, I I wouldn't even say most of the time, I would say literally all the time, my clients say, okay, no problem, because they're still not having to bring a photography company in. I'm already there. They're just paying for my time for editing, but I did create a boundary, right? So I'm still getting paid for that work. So I'm doing two things. I'm helping my client get photographs without having to bring in a photography company and I'm saving them a little bit of money that way. But I'm also getting paid for my time, so it's not like I'm getting taken advantage of. And then moving forward, anytime they wanna add photos, they know it's a cost, and it's a boundary, it's a healthy boundary. They're not upset, I'm not upset. Nobody's upset, everybody's happy all because a boundary was established. But if you just say yes, sure, I'll do some photos. A few photos turns into 20 photos, turns into 50 photos, then 100. And then the next thing you know, you're shooting 200-something photos for a client, and you're not getting paid anything, all because you didn't create a boundary. You have to have boundaries. They're extremely important. Now, switching gears a little bit, I'm gonna, I'm gonna change from the client and talk about having boundaries with uh, people you hire. Let's say that you are hiring a contractor, a freelancer, for example, to be a second shooter for you. You end up liking this person and you start hiring this individual for uh, a bunch of different projects. I think you need to have a boundary. This is just my opinion, but in my opinion, I think it's important that you have a boundary that in a way creates a kind of a boss employee mentality. When I was an intern for Texas Parks and Wildlife, I really liked my boss, Bill Adams. He was a fantastic boss, best boss I've ever had at any job. Bill was really good to me and really good to all the other employees. But Bill never acted like he was any one of our best friend, right? And that was all because Bill wanted to have this healthy relationship of I'm going to be great to you guys. I'm going to treat you really well. I'm going to be respectful. I'm going to ask you how you're doing. I'm going to invest in you, but I am your boss. And what ended up happening because of that is it created this healthy boundary where we knew that we could be loose around Bill. We could be um, we could be honest with him. We could have a great open relationship with him, but he's our boss right? And so there was a level of respect there. And if Bill asked us to jump, we jumped, you know, we did whatever Bill wanted us to do. I was the only, I was the only intern, everybody else were full-time senior employees, but all of us saw Bill that way because he created this healthy boundary of I'm the boss, you're the employee. Well, in video, let's just say, let's just say you're hiring contractors, for example, I think it's okay to 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 invest in your contractor, maybe you're hiring a second shooter or whatever. It's good to invest in them as a person, you know, ask them how they're doing, learn about them, you know, where they what their background is, where they came from, maybe take them to lunch, that kind of thing. But you got to be careful because if you start to cross into the oh, we're friends zone. If you friend zone them, <laughs> what will end up happening is, is they will kind of lose some of that respect. I actually had this happen to me, one of the very first freelancers. In fact, he might be the first freelancer I ever hired. Uh, I really liked this individual, but I ended up becoming too close to him, almost like we were friends, like we were buddy-buddy, and that respect was lost. And so what ended up happening was when I would hire him for a project, if I would ask him to do something differently or if I didn't like the way he was doing something, he would argue with me and then tell me, why he was going to continue to do it the way he wanted to do it, and that that would frustrate me because I'm like, hey, bro, it's my job. Like these are my clients. You're when I hire you as a contractor, you are here to work for me and for my company as a contractor. And if I ask you to do something a certain way, you have to do it that way, or else we can't work together. But the, he wasn't like that when we started. But what created that was I. Let our relationship get too friendly. And that respect of I'm the boss, he's the contractor, was lost. And I I mean, I wasn't technically his boss. I mean, he wasn't my employee. He was just a contract, you know, shooter for me or a production assistant. But it should still be viewed kind of like that because when we're on set and it's my job, I am the boss. You work for me that day or however many days it is. Or if I hire you as an editor. I'm the boss. You edit for me for that project, and if I want something done a certain way, you can come to me and be like, "Hey, I, I hear you, and I get why you want to do it that way. Can I propose you an idea?" And I'm totally open with that. You know, I, I think anybody, any good employer should be open to that. But at the same time, if I'm real adamant about something like, "Nah, man, I really want you to stick stick to the way I want it done," um, I have a certain reason for that. Then you need to be like, okay, yes, sir. Or you don't have to say, you don't have to say, sir, but just be like, yeah, sure, I totally get it. I'll, I'll do that for you. Because at the end of the day, I'm hiring you, I'm paying you. And that level of respect has to stay there. And I think I see this sometimes and, and I was guilty of it where I would get too friendly with a contractor and it, it happened to my first contractor and it also happened to my second contractor where both times I got too close to them and both times that respect was lost and it got to a point where we couldn't even work together anymore because there was that, that boundary was crossed and there was no going back. And I, I couldn't work with someone that would argue with me on set, right? So I ended up having to have uh, new contractors that I could invest in, but create a healthy boundary of when you work for me, you work for me. And we're gonna do things the way I want to do it. You can come up and offer ideas, and you can tell me, uh, give me advice or suggestions. I'm totally open to that. I want that. I actually want that because I'm just one person, and I want to have uh, multiple creative inputs on set. However, if I tell you to do something, I expect you to do it because I hired you and I'm I'm paying you to do it. And that that line cannot be blurred. It cannot be crossed, uh, or else it ends up creating a problem where. That respect is lost and it's really hard, if not impossible, to come back from that. So it's really important that you have that that boundary there. Then it's also important, as I stated at the beginning of of this podcast, to have that boundary in your personal life. You have to have that boundary in your personal life. Taking calls on weekends is okay under certain circumstances, but for the most part, you should create a healthy boundary eight to five, or or if you want to do 10-hour days, you could do like seven to five or whatever you want it to be. Maybe it's eight to six. I, I don't care. But you have to have some sort of a set parameter that you're going to take calls in or that you're going to answer emails in. That way, people understand when you're at work and when you're off. I don't, even, I don't even typically send emails after work hours because if I do, if someone sees that I send an email at 10 o'clock at night, they're going to think they can call me at 10 at night because they're going to think I'm up working and thinking about their project at 10 o'clock at night. And that crosses a boundary. So if I have something I want to type up, I'll type it up and save it as a draft and send it in the morning, the next morning. So having a healthy boundary there of this is when I'm at work and this is when I'm off work, whether it's off work at night or off on the weekends, or if you're off on vacation or whatever, you need to create that boundary. And it's really healthy for you and your client, but it's even more healthy for you and your friends and your family and your hobbies and those other things, because those things are extremely important, right? You should not live to work. You should work to live. And if you're working to live, then you need to have boundaries so that when you are off living your life, you can enjoy and live your life. You don't want to be answering phone calls at 10 at night and stressing about a project that you you shouldn't be thinking about, right? You need to be spending that time with your family or going to bed or working out or reading your Bible or something like that, right? I don't even look at emails past a certain time a day because I don't want to go to bed thinking about some email I got. You know, maybe if someone wanted, I thought we were done with something and they want to make some last minute changes and I don't want to be thinking about that going to bed. So I don't even check my emails after I get off work. I I clock out, I check out And I create that boundary. And I know some people disagree with that. They think, oh, you should always get back to people within 24 hours. I just don't think that's healthy. That's not a healthy lifestyle for you, for your clients, and for your family. So you need to have boundaries there. So boundaries are extremely important in business, whether you are talking about boundaries with your work, boundaries with your wife and family, boundaries with your customers, boundaries with your employees or your contractors. You got to have boundaries. Even even just thinking about work, you got to have boundaries there because it's just a part of your life and life is too short to make it all about work. So have boundaries. It's healthy for everyone and you won't get burned out as easy and you won't get as frustrated because you'll be a happier person because you have a lot more time, a lot more free time away from the daily grind. And that's a very, very healthy thing to have. So create boundaries, create them early and create them often so that everybody's on the same page. And once you kind of get a customer, for example, or an employee uh, or a contractor, once you kind of establish those boundaries and you get them on the same page, they won't deviate from that for the most part. There might be a certain circumstance, like my Alaska clients are on a different time zone, you know, um, but... It's okay, like that's a certain circumstance, but for the most part, everyone's going to be on the same page as you, and they'll stay there and continue to stay there throughout your entire relationship with them. And it's all because you created that boundary up front, and they know the deal, and they know what it, you know, they know what to expect, and so now everyone everyone can work together and not have any issues. So create boundaries, create them early, create them often, and you will be a better videographer, a better business owner, a better editor for it. Guys, thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you have any comments on creating boundaries, or if you disagree with something, go to Filming with Josh, find the post of today's podcast, comment on it, and let's start a conversation. I'd love to chat about it. If you're not yet a member of Filming with Josh, go to Facebook, type in Filming with Josh, and ask to join the group today. See you later. To learn more about Rustic River Media, visit us online at rusticriver.media. Thanks for listening to the Filming with Josh podcast. Catch every episode by hitting subscribe today.